0: Welcome back to the Technical Area, your Football Manager podcast, brought to you by me, your host, Gaffer Graham. once again. It's been a long while. I do apologise for the long and unexpected break we've taken from recording on my part, listening on yours. Life has just been up and down, I suppose, the last while. Like for many people, has been ups, there's downs. Every day you don't know what's going to happen and look. Things just did get in the way of recording different events on and off the virtual football pitch. So I do apologise for the long delay and I'm delighted to be back speaking to and talking to you again and hopefully now we can really and truly properly now get back to a place where you're going to be listening to me and getting involved in different discussions and so on and so forth for the foreseeable future on a regular basis. A lot has happened since I last recorded on the 7th of February In fact, I had this podcast written, all the notes, everything done on the 14th of February, Valentine's Day It was my little bit of, you know, a gift to me, you could I suppose you could say I was off though after the Super Bowl, so the time was there But so, unfortunately, like I said, never got around to recording it for the, on the 14th as I had hoped to do But nonetheless, I am back I'm here, and I'm excited to get involved in football manager talk with you now as we kind of run a bit of a home stretch now the business end of the winter leagues is slowly starting to begin i always kind of find that once you get to passing patrick's day that's when the business of football really does start to get really really exciting we get european hey, european competitions reach the quarter final stages we get to see the run-ins and possible title races and all across europe though Unfortunately, for the last couple of years, as we've seen, those side races can be a little bit more one-sided than they are in our FM universes. Things that we are trying to break down. So, nonetheless, we get into the talk of what it is we want to talk in this episode, and that is the perfect midfield tree. As you may have seen over on the Technical Areas blog, website, WordPress site, I finished my second season with Utrecht, and we have recorded the club's best ever finish with a second place. That means we qualify for the I think it's the second qualifying round of the Champions or third qualifying round of the Champions League qualifiers for the first time in the club's history. This comes off the back of last season was struggling when we eventually made it to the Europa Conference League group stages. So, God only knows what's going to happen us should we make it all the way to the group stage one of the things i swore to you on this podcast and swore on the blog post was this year i wanted to experiment tactically with that tactical experimentation i wanted to move away from the 4-3-3 formation which i had been stuck in for years almost kind of since i started content creating with football manager and move into a new style of midfield the hope was with atlanta united in fm 21 that i try and incorporate the 3-4-3-3-5-2 shape of tata martino with Atlanta United, of course, that fell flat on face very, very quickly. So now I'm reinvigorating, coming back to, to reliving life with a 4-3-3 at Utrecht, breaking my promise. But it was all off in inspiration, something that happened on this podcast, and that was a talk a couple of episodes back about inverted wingbacks. So as a result, when we'd done all the research, read up so much about inverted wingbacks, took the notes and shared what I wanted and shared what I could with you, inverted wingbacks just clicked with me. It's something I really wanted to try because two of the best players I have at Utrecht are my fullbacks, Hidetar Avest on the right and Django Wammerdam on the left. And I really wanted to get them more involved in the game. But were very, very effective wingbacks when we played the three-five-two, three-four-three shapes that we were playing. But I just wanted to see if I could get an extra, like, oomph from that extra level. Something just a bit more that, you know, really brought out their strengths and qualities. Because both players were excellent all around. And as such, when we switched to 3 4-3-3 four, four, three, three inverted wingbacks, we've seen those two players really, really, really stand up. And I suppose the squad of players have really lended itself to that. But when it comes to building the perfect midfield three... We have to kind of start and think and, you know, build from one simple principle. Are we going to go for the principle of passing? Are we going to go for a simple one of movement? Or are we going to try and get a blend or a complement of both here? Are we going to let the ball do the work? Or are we going to push forward and create and work harder, drive forward and let the legs do the work and cover all of the ground? On the football pitch Now one of the more challenging things to do I suppose Is to get a balance between both How do you then shape up your team That if you're having one holder, one runner and one passer Who plays on the other side of the passer Who plays with him on that side To complement and bring out You know a bit more of athleticism on that side That you may be sacrificing for the passer and vice versa. On the other side, are you going to look for um, a little bit more of a technical side? Are you going to look for a little bit more of a supportive side than one that's built from the driver on that side of the pitch? Now, when we build a midfield, like I said, we have to have the purpose. We have to know what our purpose is. How do we progress the ball and how do we progress the men through the middle? Are we going to go for a condensed midfield three, or are we going to go for something that's dispersed? That's built. A- you know, occupying space making the pitch as big and as wide as possible and when we do this we need to consider the interactions between and the relationships between the sentiment fielders and the fullbacks or wingbacks whatever way it is you're playing with the wingers with the forwards how does the ball move between these lines now of course i haven't forgotten although it has been what i haven't forgotten about getting the community involved with these polls and the One of the first questions I kind of asked was, is your FN22 midfield set up based on passing or movement? So passing, I kind of said, look, it's more than one playmaker, potentially. So, one or more playmakers, or is it all about movement? Like, Is it built around a box box midfielder, or Mazzalas, or Carolleros, or centre midfielders even on support or attack? And it was an overwhelming two-thirds majority look for a movement-based midfield three. And that's not surprising the way we look at modern football and we see, although the tiki-taka on the side of Barcelona has not gone away, it's just evolved into this more and pressing, athletic, high-energy style of football seeing all across Europe. There's a great piece on Guide to FM that talks about central midfield. And I'll, again, as always, any website or reference, any post reference, you'll find the links down below. But what it says with the centre midfield is finding balance is key. And it's something I've said before already very early stages of this podcast and something I will continue to say through the rest of it. We have to ask ourselves the question do we take some risks or are we going to keep this safe? And then another thing we need to think and wonder is do we operate down the centre or are we going to exploit the half spaces as well? Are we going to play in front of or behind the ball? So what we're talking about there is, are we going to play with a deep number six, picking the ball up off the centre-backs and the whole team building from there? Or are we going to play with a number 10 over the opposition's midfield that we have this player high up the pitch, the pivot is moved up in front of of the two standard central midfielders in this shape? In FM22, the deepest midfielder should be A. And this was a poll I asked you, and 100% of you said a destructive midfielder. So we're not looking for this you know Pirlo type I suppose if you want to say or Jabby Alonso style or Thiago style or whoever these kind of fluid creative deep lying sentiment fielders no we should have the deepest midfielder being a destructive one a shield in front of the back back three or back four or whatever it is you're playing and look that makes complete sense it's Almost like that line of defence behind the midfield. And it's something even I, I do as well. When I set up the midfield three with I, with uh, Utrecht, the deepest pl- player on the midfield three is a halfback. Because I'm playing inverted wingbacks, I wanted a halfback to provide this kind of extra shield between the two inverted wingbacks and in front of the two centre backs. So that way I'm not compromising fully on my three centre back system. But instead, you know, I'm. Having this kind of safety net in front of, and in line with the other sentiment midfielders and if you go on even and read a piece on the football manager byline over on their their site, crafting an effective midfield. If it's an FM21 article, but the, the concept still applies here, that a three-man midfield should promote pre- possession-heavy football. And if you've read Inverting the pyramid, if you've re- if you've, you know if you've researched and read much or even cast your minds back to teams playing with three-cent midfielders. The greatest example that stands out in recent history was, I suppose, the Dutch teams of the 1970s. You know, a system, a style based on small triangles that would progress the ball up the pitch. And having a midfield three, which in itself is a triangle shape, creates triangles then with the players behind and in front. Now, although you may look at Marinus Michels or Johan Cruyff you might see 3 4 threes, as well as the 4 3 3. We still can see and understand the role of the pivot, the role of that triangle, the role of that possession oriented football. And of course, the greatest example in the modern era, Pep Guardiola's Barcelona of the late 2000s, early uh, 2010s, of that. as we all love, we all cast our minds back to that midfield three of. Busquets, Javi, and Iniesta. And then even if you look at other teams and how they incorporate midfield 3s, Liverpool, Alonso, Mascherano, and then Gerrard as a 10. You're kind of seeing the the, the movement of a a pivot almost further up the pitch. And you've got two deep lawyers there. So when you're creating this perfect midfield 3, of course the shape can take many forms. A 4-2-3-1 is a midfield You still have a central midfield 3. It's just like we said, where is the pivot? Are we playing the high pivot in a 10? playing the deep pivot in a six the mastermind site had a great article as well playing in a midfield three and one of the key principles as i've said of this possession oriented style is the ability to make triangles with a six eight and a ten where the deeper than a traditional ten plays the key to passing is systems by constantly presenting two easy options defensively one can press one can cut off a passing option and the other can occupy space. And the midfield three comes to its own again in a 4-3-3. And we're yet yeah, we're back to this again. Why 4-3-3 is the best, the perfect footballing formation almost. Because you have this ability to transition well, you've this ability to you know be be very effective in possession and as well be very effective out of possession. And the coach's voice—a fantastic resource on the internet. They're one i fallen in love over recent months. Talking about explaining the 4-3-3 in line with Barcelona and Liverpool. What we see here is pa- provide passing options for the build-up and attacking play, where a central midfield three can create overloads in central areas and interesting combinations with inverted wing backs, wing backs or even the false nine or deep line forward if you are presenting in such a way. Positive midfielders line up either side of the deeper midfielder. And they move into the channels and provide forward runs. The DM is the main player who is key to the switches of play. So again while many people think he's going to pass along on the effectiveness of Iniesta and Xavi. We can't forget the how vital Busquets was to that system. And how vital even Fabinho has been to Liverpool since his signing in the summer of 2018. You look at these players and they are key. These pivots are key. Defensively they cover the central areas. One or both of these central midfielders in your three will drop beside the DM where the eight and ten can individually press the wide areas. They can push behind the wingers or push to support the, central, the center forward. So you can create a very, very, you know, dynamic and effective team. We spoke about before how three, 4-3-3 three is perfect. And I know we're probably crossing over here in so many ways. But here what we're seeing is in a defensive and transitionary stage where you are pressing, you are trying to win the ball back, if that is your style. Those two centre fielders, one can drop deep, one can press in alongside a wide player, or even both can press high up behind the centre forward. It's a case of you've got a 4 1 4 1 shape almost presenting itself. Klopp's Liverpool, Guardiola's Barcelona, Sarri's Napoli. These are some of the greatest examples in recent times of how effective 4 3 3 can be. And I suppose if you want to even look at Manchester City, you know, with Pep Guardiola as well, the standards they have pushed. Football in the Premier League has should be nothing short of exemplary, nothing short of extraordinary. And despite what you do think of them off the pitch, despite what you may think of how they've gone about things, or if like that if you are a Man City fan, you just have to stop and wonder and marvel at just the level that this team has been playing at for the last couple of years. The standard of players, they have a side, it's the standard of play has just been nothing short of extraordinary. Now, if you're choosing to play with a 4-2-3-1 or a double pivot as your midfield three, the byline, again, has a great piece, and it's a football manager. It's an FM 22-1. I can't remember the author of it now off the top of my head. But building from a double pivot offers a very interesting way of approaching the game. You can play with a 10. You keep the balance right because the double pivot will offer the protection. Extra of the protection are playing a high 10 will you know compromise. The high 10 will create this issue of a gap in the midfielder, but you've got two deep layers, two, two double pivots there, offering what that 10 cannot defensively. Is it two? But then when you're building, are you going to go for two sitters? Are you going to go for one sitter, or one runner or a playmaker, you know, who moves about, has a kind of a free role almost? Because when you're creating this shape, you have to consider the influence and impact that these roles will have on your team. If you're going for, say, something like a Segundo Volante, is this runner from deep? Going to break the lines and offer a goal scoring threat. Is that what I need? Is that what I want? Does the sitter have to be a destructive player? Like we said, deep line playmakers can pull the strings from deep. What about two playmakers where one sits and one floats like a Regista? They can offer insightful play from deep and wherever space is in the opponent's half. So why not be creative with how this works? Why not be, you know, experiment, experiment with how. This double pivot can work for you. Pre-season is always a great time for it. Or even if you want to take control of under-23s or youth teams. And try a little bit them and see Just how it might work. It's always worth a chance. Especially at this stage of the football manager life cycle. Where many people may be starting a new save. That might be you starting a new save. With this new data update. So why not? Because like I said. The 4-3-3 revolution. Is all built around triangles. And that centre midfield three, that perfect midfield three is about offering the perfect triangle. Football Paradise even says that the fluidity in movement between players has been the key to the total football revolution we've seen since Rinus Michel's time as a manager in the 1970s. And the key has been creating and manipulating and controlling space all across the pitch. Ernst Tappel is often a forgotten, you know revolutionary in the 4-3-3 era and dictate the game, have a fantastic piece on them. Because what Happel did was, Happel dropped his advanced playmaker back to midfield, alongside another playmaker and in front of the defensive midfielder. So this creative style that we were talking about. The two playmakers, they're regarded as free eights. You know, we talk about the pivot of them being as a six in football. You know, this player that plays behind the striker playing in the 10 role. But well, two number eights, I like could think of them there in that centre midfield role. But offering them a free role is something you might not see many people do anymore. So these free eights who occupy the half spaces, this could be a Mazala, you know, who's allowed to be a little bit more creative with player instructions, or a Mazala, who through player traits, you have developed into this free eight role. Because I asked you, the community, what is the perfect midfield three in Football Manager 2022? And 50% of people said holder, runner, creator. That is the perfect midfield three. Holder, runner, creator. 50%. A third of you said it's a holder and two runners. A sixth of you said it's a holder, runner and creator. Where the creator is in the advanced midfield status. So we're talking about like that where the creator is playing as a high 10. And then no one says it's a two creators. No one says you have two... Playmakers with a holder Totally going against what Ernst Happel Tried to bring about in his revolutionary Now like I said The halfback is role I have really come to love In my second season With Utrecht and unfortunately My halfback William Janssen has retired at the end of the 2023 season The other defensive midfielder alongside him Who I brought in another experienced Head Mark Noble has also retired so now I'm going into my first Champions League season, season three, without a halfback. And I'm now scouring the market across the world to find, find a halfback who can come in and, you know, be this pivot, be this key to my midfield. I'm having to get creative with the 7 million pound transfer, 7 million euro transfer budget I have. But with the halfback, could this be, you know, the new libero role This is one that people try and bring about more actively, more creatively in Football Manager. Because with a halfback, what you get is a spare man in a 3 when facing an opposition without a 10 and a midfield 2. You've got a halfback who can encourage his teammates to drive forward into the central spaces. Whilst the other two, number 8s, engage the opposition midfield. They are going to naturally move forward anyway with the rest of the team. You know, the whole team pushes forward, the line moves forward, the eight comes the, the pivot comes forward, it's halfback. So, here now you've got to ask yourself the question if you're going to create a halfback role, what type of player it is do you want? And, like, for me, I want to kind of <laughs> a playmaking centre back almost. You know, I want that player who can move up and play ideally there. Willem Janssen was ideal because he could play centre back and play centre midfield. So, trying to find someone who can play both positions, because if I switch to a defensive three i want to be able to slot him back in there so it's trying to find and create someone there who can occupy this space that might halfback back becomes again the key to this whole system when you're also playing in these shapes you've got to also ask yourself the question where does a playmaker play and it's something i have struggled with almost because i haven't really incorporated a playmaker too well into my four three three I haven't got a register. I haven't got a playmaker, and yet I still want my players to play short, fast, attacking football, tiki-taka esque, almost inspired. Because when you've got one playmaker versus a three in a combination of or three com- combination of hybrid playmakers, you know you've got to ask yourself the question: which is better, having one or having a three players who are kind of. Each taking on the responsibility of a playmaker. So I've began to ask myself the question. I do play an inverted winger on one side. So why not have a playing a wide playmaker. So that the midfield tree has the two runners. The two Mazala's in front. Who wrap around and become almost wide midfielders. And then let my advanced playmaker drift in from out wide. You know, we you think as well of how important it is even to incorporate the midfield. As a Liverpool fan, I think back to, you know, that 2008-2019 team that came second in the league. It was Alonso Mascherano and Gerrard. And, you know, I was only 17 years of age at the end of that season. And one of the things I thought about at the end of the season was, will I ever see a midfield three as good as this for Liverpool again? And now I look at Liverpool's team that won the league in 2019-20. It was like... You know, of course, plenty of combinations played midfield at But if you want to say it was Fabinho, Henderson and Keita. There was no playmaker in that team. And at the arrival of Thiago in the summer of 2020. You know, what he offered Bayern, what he offered Liverpool. He is a luxury player who offers variation. And even at my lower level, if you want to say lower re- reputation, lower reputable level that I have at Utrecht. I want maybe to bring in this luxury player or find a way of incorporating a luxury player who can offer this variation. Because like with Barcelona's Javi and Yesta and Busquets, there was small movements but smart, clever passing. That opened teams up. Because there's a need for good movement in the attackers. There's a need for good movement in those front three. And there's a need for good movement from your midfield three. It just needs, like we said, to be small and clever. And then, of course, you've got to understand that if you've got a midfield three, what's the relationship with the attackers and what attackers do you want to use? Do you want an advanced forward or a target man? Target man, target forward, I suppose we should say now. Because we've seen like Green,us, Michels and Guardiola have favoured withdrawn forwards. Guardiola's experimentation with ex Guardiola's experimentation with Ibrahimovic did not work. So when you played that withdrawn forward, it almost created a diamond midfield. Where the goal scoring threats came from wide from Pedro for David Villa. You know, where the four can drop short and link up and create overloads in central midfield. Then you're on to something else. And I suppose we could all look at Roberto Firmino. and how he's taken the false nine role and reinvigorated it and reimagined it, I suppose would be a better word, in with Liverpool, where it's allowed for the goal scoring threats to come from. Man a, come from Salah, but also providing goals himself. And Messi, I suppose, at an extraordinary level, really reimagined the false nine as a free role. So, if you're playing a midfield three, what way is your forward playing? Are you stretching the play in advance forward, like I am, or are you going to look for something that you know drops deep, offers something totally different? Because the thing is well, your central defenders could become the playmakers. Like, I so the halfback could be the playmaker? I want to create. I want a player who's good on the ball to play in that role. I'm considering moving an advanced playmaker out to a wide right or wide left role. Why not? But then, of course, why not have a central defender who could be a playmaker? Like, we think of great defenders, you know, through the history of football and even in recent times. Think of those great central defenders we've all come to love who've been great with the ball at their feet. Look, look at the impact version of Van Dijk for Liverpool. Look the way Franz Beckenbauer played football for Germany, for Bayern. And of course, Franco Baresi. These guys were excellent with the ball at their feet. So why not have your central defenders be that way? ball playing defenders. I'm not as creative uh, enough to to use a wide centre-back effectively, but why not? Why not have a team of playmakers where creativity comes from all areas of the pitch, through a variety of individual strengths? For example, passing players who are great short passers, long passers, players who are capable of creating goals from crossing opportunities. Even like I know you might call it a long ball from a goalkeeper. I don't have a lot. I want to see my goalkeeper getting a assist or two a year. So I don't have a goalkeeper who's capable at his feet. The biggest challenge and the biggest question though when creating your midfield three is how you adapt with the challenges that you face. So we've gone through so many different combinations, so many different options. But the one thing is, when we look at how we set up versus how we play against other teams, we have to consider the low block and combination play. Because how will your midfield three break the Lions? Will it be in a vertical manner, stretching the play long, diagonal or horizontal? Are you going to go side to side and look to probe? The diagonal one, I suppose, is the one that offers the most interest. But it's also one that potentially offers the most risk, because you've got that one runner, potentially one creator, and your pivot there as well. But nonetheless, look, there is no perfect midfield three. Through the history of football, we've never seen a perfect formation. We've never seen a perfect combination of players. We've seen near perfection. We've seen things we've referred to as perfect. But nonetheless, there isn't anything perfect. It just comes from experimentation it comes from good recruitment good youth development and i suppose cleverness on the manager's behalf just to get it right on the game day to make those subtle tweaks those subtle changes that are just enough to get the team over the line so when it comes to you and your game don't be rigid with that midfield three there isn't a perfect answer There's just the ideal solution for the players you have in the game that you were going into Now just before i do say goodbye i know i'm only back but if you have enjoyed the podcast feel free to like share retweet anything like that send us around so that we can try and build up our you know listenership again that you know some people may have drifted away over the last couple of months since my last appearance and um, if you've enjoyed it of course we feel please feel free to give us a positive review on whatever podcast site or app it is you use because like that everything like that really does help and if you would like to get involved with the next episode of the technical area which i have to look in my little book and see what the next episode is about go ahead and keep an eye out for our tweets with polls that come out during the week and of course feel free to send in voice messages and get involved there's a link down below just like sending a whatsapp message on a voice into a group chat any little contribution you have is welcome. Even a little comment underneath the polls to give it a little bit more context. But look until then. Enjoy the good weather. Enjoy the the weekend of cup football, domestic football, and of course, you know, we'll talk again soon. Bye now.